so let's go into the raw material for today. Everybody can mute. Today we're going to finish session 67. And um, the dove is in the background. Uh, this session was received August 15, 1981. Uh, we've moved through most of it. And we're just going to... I'm going to just read some of the final exchanges uh, associated with psychic attack, what LNL calls psychic greeting, uh, and some of the perspectives I think that are helpful in uh, working with any form of attack. Um, some of the dynamics, I think, or the, the psychodynamics and spiritual perspectives that are, I think, important in handling uh, attack. Uh, and then we'll get into a little bit of uh, one of the early comments Ra has to make about the tarot, the study of the archetypes, the 22 major arcana of the tarot, uh, archetypes of processing um, catalyst to experience to develop on our spiritual path associated with first mind and body then spirit so last time we ended actually at 67 um, 25 Don was asking in the question before why Carla experienced so many physical distortions or difficulties while she was young asking if the explanation of that would break the law of free will or can Ra explain why she had those physical problems which then or at that time became the basis for the Orion entity exploiting them to make her dizzy or to try to lead her to, to early death and how they're all under surveillance and I did a search in the law of one dot info site for the um, the term psychic greeting and found uh, over 130 instances uh, and the peak of usage of that term psychic greeting or psychic attack was in right around these sessions here 67 and the next few also and it just goes on and so the main reason uh, their main, you know, the main, what, what, why is it happening? <clears throat> because they were doing very powerful love light uh, reception transmission for Earth and humanity. Uh, are they to blame? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, they also, like everyone, could fall into distortions of mind. And like everyone, each of the three had their own physical issues, uh, which may have been planned before birth, like Carla's. Not necessarily either because uh, she's bad, of course, but because there's some value to the experiencing of limitation. And so <clears throat> to understand how to handle attack, we also have to understand the value of uh, difficulty. And in a certain way, we can't really live this life um, so with great balance unless we come to appreciate how difficulty and pain and trouble um, is simply part of the landscape 
um, that we have in some ways created and co-created with others um, for you know for the greater glory of God or for our own continued development or catalyst to make efforts in mind to make peace or understand or come back to balance um, by the working with the difficulty. So anyway, let me get into this. Uh, in 67.25, Don asked, and this was the, where we ended last time, in that case, can you answer me as to why the instrument experienced so much difficulty during its early years, childhood? Ross says, we were affirming <clears throat> the correctness of your assumption that such answers would be breaking the way of confusion. It is not appropriate for such answers to be laid out as a table spread for dinner. It is appropriate that the complexes of opportunity involved be contemplated. And this is uh, approaching the end, the limits of how much Rock could keep saying to Don's persistent questioning about uh, why do we have these troubles, why does she have these problems, what can we do about it, how can we make things better and we'll see the the final limits to those in the next couple of questions particularly uh, 67 26 and 7 uh, where we really hit the wall Ra really um, I think indicates that uh, we are now at the wall uh, where we cannot go further in further information to uh, guide you in handling the situation better or uh, learning how to stop the situation because it cannot be stopped. Meaning, if you keep up with the contacts, the, the psychic attacks will simply continue in one way or another. Although they could be minimized, um, this is a, a hard limit that cannot necessarily physically be removed by um, attitudinal change. And this has great bearing, ultimately, on how we handle any difficulty, what we call difficulty in life, that would be what I call a hard limit, meaning you can't, you can't knock the wall down, sorry. Uh, or uh, this obstruction sh um, is immovable uh, for the duration of an incarnation, perhaps. In some cases, there are body limitations, even patterns of mind, relationships that seem limiting, and so on. And Ra's also saying that <clears throat> there's a hard limit to how much can be given as guidance um, to tell you more uh, for them. They're saying giving more answers breaks the way of confusion or law of free will. The law of confusion, law of free will, it's an infringement to say more. And furthermore, um, from their perspective as a teacher, uh, which you see, I've seen in lots of teachers, and you see it in lots of dialogues between teacher and student over the centuries, certainly in Buddhism, but in really in all mystic, religious, spiritual traditions. It's not appropriate for such answers to be laid out as a table spread for dinner. E even if the teacher could spread it out, <laughs> give you all the answers or everything you want in the way you want it, they probably won't. Um, they may deem, I'm not saying that me, but I'm saying um, a, a real guru who's working with students to support their transformation, their self-transformation, 
won't do what they ought to do for themselves. What's appropriate, uh, Ra says, is um, contemplating these complexes of opportunity. And that's the first uh, working ground in handling any kind of attack and any kind of life difficulty or anything that we feel to be hard or limiting with uh, contemplating this situation as an opportunity. That's a reframing. Not only is it painful and bad and I hate it and I don't like them and I don't like it and I wish it wasn't so and I blame them and I blame me and I blame God and all of that ranting level. Not only uh, that that pleasure-pain ordinary perspective needs to be uh, adjusted so that actually all that trouble is seen as an opportunity. It doesn't have to be, but it's very helpful <laughs> to see trouble as opportunity. Um, it doesn't have to be the first thing we do, <laughs> but uh, uh, like the Roman saying, something like, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, or whatever doesn't kill you um, is an opportunity for us to become stronger. Uh, and we go further with this and, and uh, a broader perspective in the, la in the next few exchanges. So the new material starts at 67.26. Don follows up and says, Then there is no other service that we can at this time offer that fifth density entity of the Orion group who is so constantly with us. There is, is there, as I see it now, there is nothing that we can do for him from your point of view is this correct? So Don is taking the approach, I think, that the more they can serve the Orion entity, the, um, the less or the less painful the attack will become, or the better Carla will be by the more they serve the Orion entity. So this is a funny perspective, <laughs> and I'm not sure if he really was uh, believing that or using that perspective of how can we maximally serve this entity um, as a means of sort of end end run around the attack or uh, stopping the attack by what? Surrendering or by, by offering to the Orion entity something that will be of service? The view being that um, the more I offer love light, um, the less you'll attack me. I'm not sure. Ross said, anyway, this is correct, meaning there's nothing more we can do for him from your point of view. Ross said in the answer of 6726, this is correct. There is great humor in your attempt to be of polarized service to the opposite polarity. There is a natural difficulty in doing so, since what you consider service is considered by this entity non-service. As you send this entity love and light and wish it well, it loses its polarity and needs to regroup. Thus, it would not consider your service as such. On the other hand, if you allowed it to be of service by removing this instrument from your midst, you might perhaps perceive this as not being of service. You have here a balanced and polarized view of the Creator. Two services offered, mutually rejected, and in a state of equilibrium, in which free will is preserved, and each allowed to go upon its own path of experiencing the one infinite creator. Uh, Ra's saying that there is nothing more you can do 
to be of service to the Orion entity that you want to do. You know, this is there's a little, to me, uh, there's a little insincerity in this whole exchange because if Don really wants to be of total service to the Orion entity, they should all kill themselves. But that's not really where he's coming from, obviously. And I'm not saying they should do that. But um, there, to me, there's a little insincere here because if you really want to be of service to the negative entity, you do exactly what they want to, what you, what they want you to do. Of course, if you want to be of total service to somebody, as much as possible, you give them what they want. Not you give them what you want to give them. You give them what they want from you. Isn't that total or or more maximal service? I think so. So, you know, if he Don is really actually just looking for a way of repelling the attack not looking for ways of totally serving the entity, I believe. Because if you want to totally serve the entity, you do exactly what they want you to do, which means you jump off a bridge or something. That's what the Orion entity wanted, termination of their lives in the contact. So, raw um, seeing or not seeing what I think is a little bit of insincerity and a little, a little, some kind of little trouble here, um, takes Don's words and um, acknowledges uh, you know the sincerity and says um, there's great humor meaning it's a little funny Um, it doesn't seem very funny to me but they may indicate that there's some irony here Um, a paradox or there's something on, I don't know, ironic, I guess, about this attempt to be of polarized service to the opposite polarity. And that's the case with any attack in general. For us to stay on our path, we have to return after we go through any emotional process or any disordered thinking reaction of whatever sort to the attack. We have to return to love and wisdom to discernment, clarity, understanding, and acceptance, um, wishing all well, non-control, non-manipulation, non-harming, back to ahimsa, right? Ahimsa, non-harming, in harmony with the loved one. So we have to keep returning to that balance, that love-wisdom balance, fourth chakra, fifth chakra activation, to continue on our path. Uh... Now, to continue on our path that way, uh, ultimately, we won't be doing what the negative entity wants. Uh, Yet, from Don's perspective, and this is, I think, also partly the the problem with the framing spiritual path in terms of service, how to serve the other entity. Well, you're not serving them, in, in my limited understanding of service, if you don't do what they want you to do. I mean, you know, you give them what you want to give. Is that service? Well, <laughs> and now it's certainly continuing on your path in this case. So it's a little there's there's some funny wrinkles in here, I believe. Uh, but Ra's explaining that this attempt to be of polarized service, meaning sharing love light, to the opposite polarity, doesn't really work. There's a natural difficulty in doing so. Um, it's not possible to do so, actually. 
because what Don considers service is considered by the entity non-service. Now, <laughs> it's also that way if we attempt to, um, if we, uh, if we infringe people in our attempts to help them. Don, not Don is not doing this, but uh, what we consider service, if it's not considered by the one we're trying to help, who really wants help to be service, then there really is a problem. And certainly in the case of the negative entity, who doesn't want love, light, and to be wished well, uh, what Don is offering is not felt to be service. But the principle I think that Don understands very well is when you send love, light, and wish it well, it loses polarity and needs to regroup. So if you want the technique uh, of protecting yourself from attack, uh, certainly psychic attack, um, but also uh, attack at certain levels of mind, in terms of mind you know, communication, not physical. Um, it is, yes, very effective to send them to truly get to the place where we can send love and light and wish them well. You can't get to that, as I said last time, I think, you can't get to a natural desire to send love, light, and wish them well, a, n a natural compassion hear the helicopter behind me a natural caring and wishing them well you can't get there unless you work through any distorted reactivity of course like any emotional process or the thoughts that accompany that whatever they may be uh, and yes it's a principle <laughs> that when you send them love and light and wish them well sincerely truly for a negative entity on on higher dimension negative uh, they lose polarity and they need to regroup because they can't accept that. They want to eat and eat and eat and take and take and take, but they can't take that. They actually lose metaphysical integrity by accepting love. And that's the case with online trolls and, and those people. If you simply say, no matter what, bro, I wish you love and light, I wish you well, I'm not going to fight with you, uh, good luck and take good care. They lost, it's over, they can't get paid for additional postings. Uh, or they can get paid, but you're not there. <laughs> and so it is an important um, matter to understand um, that negative entities really can't handle um, love and care. And that's why they're so miserable. Anyway, um, but, but to think of this uh, in terms of service, I want to serve them maximally we do get into a problem um, that comes from that terminology of service as path, serves to other, serves to all as spiritual path. Framing path that way, we get into real trouble because we may consider something service that the other doesn't, and in the case of person to person, not, not person to attacker, but a person to another person seeking, it's a real problem if we offer service that the other person doesn't consider service, I think. That's an infringement. In this case, Don's not infringing on the negative entity, he's just sending them love light. But obviously the negative entity doesn't consider his sending love light to be of service. Meanwhile, Don won't allow the negative entity to be of service to him, which would seem to be of greater service to the negative entity, to allow the negative entity to be of full service to L&L by letting uh, the entity remove the instrument from your midst. 
so it's a little 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 tangled up here I think but uh, you know he's not being of maximal service to the negative entity of course because he doesn't uh, comply with what the negative entity wants likewise in being with anybody in this world we can't totally comply with what they want I mean you can if you wish but usually not a good idea and so it's all a little bit tangled here um, because the negative entity wouldn't perceive um, he doesn't perceive being sent love and light as service and if Don accepted the service the negative entity wished to offer um, Don might not consider that offering to be of service but but it is actually it just happens to end their lives physically so Ra calls this a balanced and polarized view of the creator with two services offered mutually rejected in a state of equilibrium uh, tensely in which free will is preserved and each goes its own way experiencing the one infinite creator and so all is the one infinite uh, 6727 Don takes it to the end I think here and says thank you in closing that part of the discussion I would just say that if there is anything that we can do that is within our ability and I understand that there are many things such as the ones that you mentioned that are not within our ability that we could do for this particular entity anything that within their ability to do for this particular entity if you would in the future communicate its requests to us we will at least consider them because we would like to serve in every respect is this agreeable to you this seems a little bit uh, <laughs> exaggerated to me but you know Ra says and Ra actually um, um, in, in a certain sense takes the answer to another level metaphysically and says 6727 we perceive that we have not been able to clarify your service versus its desire for service you need in our humble opinion to look at the humor of the situation and relinquish your desire to serve where no service is requested the magnet will attract or repel glory in the strength of your polarization and allow others of opposite polarity to similarly do so seeing the great humor in the, of this polarity and its complications in view of the unification and sixth density of these two paths uh, Ra indicates that they perceive or believe they've not been able to clarify the dynamics of uh, Don's service or LNL service to the negative entity versus the Orion entity's own desire for service it may be that it wasn't clarified. It may be that Don is a little bit ins insincere, actually, in in saying that tell us more, more, more that we can do to serve this entity. When really, what he wants to do is stop the attack. Uh, reasonably so, of course. He loves Carla, and he's a good man. And it may not be that the the the, the irony or the um, the impossibility of taking it further was not known by Don, but he simply framed the desire to protect her and end the attack um, in the ways of um, let's do maximal service. But really wishing them love and light or sending love and light and wishing them well, which is different. Sending is more of a um, metaphysical transmission process. 
from the hands, from the body, from the mind, from the, the, our beingness here, a transmission of love light, that's sending, I think, love light, versus or included with uh, wishing them well, which is wholly uh, of mind and not really, it's, it's the transmission of a hope or a, or a prayer rather than dynamic energy streams of love and light or anything like that sending love and light, wishing them well sincerely, truly, um, seems to be about the most one can do, if you consistently do that. But you can't get there, um, you know, in a one-step process of thinking I'm there, but you have to go through the whole range of emotional reactivity, like anger, vengefulness, sadness, discouragement, self-pity, hopelessness, fear, panic, dot, 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 and all the thoughts around that. Oh, Ra's basically again returning Don's attention to the humor of the situation. It's not very funny because they're trying the, the entity is trying to kill Carlo, but the situation of him hoping to be of maximal service to an entity that rejects his service is a little ironic. Relinquish your desire to serve while no service is requested. This is critical for our not giving a hard time to people who don't want more from us. Certainly, friend to friend or human to human, us to us, us to another, um, it's a very bad idea to, um, ha to, to not recognize the desire and the activities that come from the desire in serving others where, uh, where service is not being requested. Ross said, service is effective only to the degree it is requested. That's, I believe, the direct quote. Um, requested consciously. Now, there's, you know, great teachers can read unconscious requesting too, and we may intuitive, intuit it too, somewhat, but it's important to be careful to not infringe. But in this case, um, you see, the only way to serve the negative entity that uh, Don didn't do <laughs> is to give him what he wants which means the termination of the contact or their lives obviously he didn't want to do that but that's I think real service <laughs> but it doesn't really, it's not pretty wise and it's uh, you know martyr and it's uh, not helpful but that's what the negative entity wanted but I do think it's important to be real sensitive to knowing the mind of the one you wish to help and knowing the strength of the requesting of the one you wish to help and knowing the parameters uh, in which helping becomes infringement and not taking them where they don't want to go but also having a pretty clear sense of where they want to go or really what they want maybe they just want you to listen maybe they just want you to agree in blaming another person maybe you don't want to do that but you should know that that's what seems that they want. Maybe they want love, but they also don't want too much love. <laughs> Maybe they want a little advice, but not too much advice. Advice without criticism. Or they want to find a solution without taking responsibility. All very complicated, very subtle. Anyway, um, the, the higher perspective here, I think, Ra offers is glorying, glory in the strength of your polarization and allow others of opposite polarity to similarly do so. Seeing the great humor, again the word humor, humor of this polarity and its complications 
in view of the unification in extensity of the two paths, the humor is a kind of um, tragic comedy that negative entities spend their incarnational paths controlling, you know, attacking, controlling, dominating, manipulating, when eventually that whole thing ends in sixth density. And they realize, um, I mean, you, you can't get there, or, you know, if you're on the negative path, you have to just continue on the negative path. Good luck to you all. Good luck to you all. <laughs> but you won't know you're on the negative path until after you die, and then on the other side, on the astral plane, um, by the fruit of your activity, you will probably figure out uh, whether you're being rewarded or punished for your um, your life of um, uh, selling yourself for mana. And so, good luck to you on the other side. This is a real problem. <laughs> and they're not very happy. So, uh, anyway, um, glory and the strength of your polarization allow others of opposite polarity to do so. Let them be as they are. And so I wish you well. And um, Don, I think, did get to this understanding of wishing the negative entity well and uh, sending love and light um, and continuing to um, um, be in love with uh, Carla and the LNL group and their work. Uh, and this is, a very, uh, this is a great learning opportunity for us to observe their process. So, 6728, Don says, thank you very much. He has a very long statement that Ra doesn't comment on until uh, 67.30. But I'll read Don's long statement, much of which seems correct. Don says, thank you very much. I have a statement here that I will quickly read and have you comment on the accuracy or inaccuracy. In general, the archetypical mind is a representation of facets of the one infinite creation. The father archetype corresponds to the male or positive aspect of electromagnetic energy and is active, creative, and radiant, as is our local sun. The mother archetype corresponds to the female or negative aspect of electromagnetic energy and is receptive or magnetic, as is our earth, as it receives the sun rays and brings forth life via third density fertility. The prodigal sun or the fool archetype corresponds to every entity who seems to have strayed from unity and seeks to return to the one infinite creator. The devil archetype represents the illusion of the material world and the appearance of evil, but is more accurately the provider of catalyst for the growth of each entity within the third density illusion. The magician, saint, healer, or adept corresponds to the higher self and, because of the balance within its energy centers, pierces the illusion to contact intelligent infinity and thereby demonstrates mastery of the catalyst of third density. The archetype of death symbolizes the transition of an entity from the yellow ray body to the green ray body, either temporarily between incarnations or, more permanently, at harvest. Each archetype presents an aspect of the one infinite creation to teach the individual mind-body-spirit complex according to the calling or the electromagnetic configuration of mind of the entity. Teaching is done via the intuition. With proper seeking or mind configuration, the power of will uses the spirit as a shuttle to contact the appropriate archetypical aspect necessary for the teach learning. In the same way, each of the other informers of intuition are contacted. They are hierarchical, 
and proceed from the entity's own subconscious mind to group or planetary mind, to guides, to higher self, to archetypical mind, to cosmic mind, or intelligent infinity. Each is contacted by the spirit serving as a shuttle according to the harmonized electromagnetic configuration of the seeker's mind and the information sought. Will you please comment on the accuracy of these observations and correct any errors or fill in any omissions? Pretty deep question or statement from Don. Seems quite excellent to me um, in the sense of a, of a basic introduction to um, very common archetypes, father, mother, prodigal son or fool, devil, uh, magician, saint, healer, adept, and death. Uh, let me go to Ra's answers. Ra at 6728 said, The entity has been using transferred energy for most of this session due to its depleted physical levels. We shall begin this rather complex answer, which is interesting, but do not expect to finish it. Those portions which we do not respond to, we ask that you re-question us upon at a, at a working in your future. Uh, 6729 Don replied perhaps it would be better to start the next session with the answer to this question would that be appropriate or the energy already fixed uh, Ross said the energy is all is as always allotted the choice as always is yours and Don said in that case continue uh, Briefly to review what Don said, which seems quite accurate and insightful to me, as a simple, as an introductory level, father archetype, if we, you know, this is again somewhat Jungian, because this, the tarot archetypes are not exactly the same as father, mother, son, but, um, you know, he equates prodigal son and the fool, so uh, in, the, uh, in the realm of archetypes, father being male or positive aspect of electromagnetic energy you see that doesn't mean good positive doesn't mean good it can but in this case we're talking about a quality of energy of of energy light energy right intelligent energy light love love light that is naturally polarized naturally vibratory your dancing thoughts or vibrating sentience um, the vibration is the result of polarity polarity intrinsic to light itself and that may be called positive and negative that may be correlated with father mother or male female but it doesn't morally mean good or bad obviously father male positive aspect of energy like the plus pole and then active creative and radiant and then mother female obviously or negative aspect which is receptive uh, receptive magnetic. So you've got active, creative, radiant versus um, what? Passive or receptive? Passive, of course, has a bad reputation. Or receptive or magnetic um, in the female pole or the negative pole. Then um, the earth as mother or female versus the, the sky or the, the, the sun as father or male the sun, um, you know, he's saying, like the fool, is the one who seems to <laughs> have a big problem, um, but just forgot who he is and where he's from, and 
needs to simply get back back home. The devil, uh, representing or related to the illusion of the material world, meaning uh, the material world is a screen um, for deeper meaning, uh, a screen or a display, a phenomenal display that hides the world of form, like Plato said, the cave analogy. But uh, the material world and evil particularly uh, as a mask for opportunity and purpose. Uh, and, you know, this is just a shallow introduction, but Ra will go much deeper. And then finally, interestingly equated are magician, saint, healer, and adept. Magician uh, does, um, you know, structured work in, on energy by mind, mind by visualization and intention and technique deploys will uh, to work upon energy or work upon matter. Um, different than the saint who uh, perhaps is mystic, the, the result of the mystic path, different than the occultist path, but they are similar as higher self, and they're similar to higher self too. And an adept healer. So this is this is actually a very deep um, equation Don is making. I think that magician, uh, white magician in this case, is comparable to a saint, even though the saint may be on the mystic path of surrender, while the magician is on the occultist type path. In the white case, of um, using mind to work upon energy and matter for the glory uh, and the benefit of all, you know, for the benefit of all in service to all, that's comparable to the healer working um, upon one wishing healing, and comparable to the adept who is the knower or the Gnostic, uh, which is comparable to higher self, Atman, um, who uh, lives at one, <laughs> the one who lives in one. This is a very nice connection. And then death being transition, um, and, and, you know, death rebirth. Anyway, um, Ra's long answer at 6730, and maybe I'll look back to Don's second paragraph of 6728. <laughs> Ra says, 6730, Perhaps the first item which we shall address is the concept of the spirit used as a shuttle between the roots and trunk of mind. This is a misapprehension and we shall allow the questioner to consider the function of the spirit further, for in working with the mind, we are working within one complex, and have not yet attempted to penetrate intelligent affinity. It is well said that archetypes are portions of the one infinite creator, or aspects of its face. It is, however, far better to realize that the archetypes, while constant in the complex of generative energies offered, do not give the same yield of these complexes to any two seekers. Each seeker will experience each archetype in the characteristics within the complex of the archetype which are most important to it. An example of this would be the observation of the questioner that the fool is described in such and such a way. One great aspect of this archetype is the aspect of faith, the walking into space without regard for what is to come next. This is, of course, foolish, but is part of the characteristic of the spiritual neophyte. 
that this aspect was not seen may be pondered by the questioner. At this time, we shall again request that the query be restated at the next working, and we shall at this time cease using this instrument. Before we leave, may we ask if there are if there be if there may be any short questions. So, uh, Ra, <laughs> like a true master, uh, goes, you know, takes the the magnifying glass and the um, fine instruments to uh, disentangle or untangle particular confusions. Uh, first, they're using they're they're addressing the the concept of spirit used as shuttle between root and trunk of mind, roots and trunk of mind. So, <clears throat> if you see the spirit complex is associated with with the head chakras six and seven, the third eye, and the crown chakra, or if you see the um, the head chakras uh, as the uh, outer layer <laughs> of a sphere. The seven chakra, vertical human body, uh, up and down, uh, expanded into a three-dimensional sphere. Then the uh, the circumference, the shell of circumferent, the shell of circumferentiality, the circumference, the the out, the outer bands, six and seven. Now, meaning the the border between the individualized and the um, universal, between the uh, delimited um, consciousness of a mind-body-spirit complex or being, and what appears to be the field around it. Um, that also um, is useful to understand in understanding spirit complex as shuttle. Now, there's shuttle between the sense of self and the logos or between the apparent seven dimensional vehicle of the self and the and the logos which um, is the essential nature of the octave <laughs> then there's the shuttle between roots and trunk of mind the roots of the mind are in the spirit it seems to me the trunk of the mind is uh, of persona uh, there's uh, the personality or the embodied mind, but there's also the roots of mind that inform um, all levels of mind. It seems to me the roots of mind are in spirit, so you look at the seven-dimensional self or a, a human being standing up as a column vertical up and down, you can see that the roots of mind are in the head, <laughs> and the trunk of mind um, is, is what we call the torso a body so it's an upside down tree now that may be mistaken or it may simply be one way to look at it but it seems to me that the roots of mind are of the spirit the trunk of mind is the embodiment of uh, consciousness in physical manifestation the embodied mind which is very personalized or personal personalistic me and my personal sense of mind process. So you can say that the five skandhas are the trunk of mind um, and Atman is the root of mind, <laughs> if you want to take it one interesting way. But um, Ra is saying that it's not true that in understanding the archetypes uh, 
as Don explained, that that um, Will is using the the spirit as shuttle to contact the appropriate archetypical aspect necessary for teach learning or learning. In understanding the archetypes and working with the archetypes and dealing with the archetypes in, as a study guide, as a study tool, uh, understanding how the what the archetypes are, or how they um, how we manifest them in some way, or developing our manifestation to a more complete or purified representation of the archetypes. I mean, I this is not my thing. I haven't really worked with the archetypes. I did tarot reading, you know, amateurish, uh, non-professionally, of course, before. And I have some feeling for the archetypes, but I just didn't use this, really, in my own learning to, to, to this point. So I'm not any great expert on the archetypes. But um, Don was saying that in, in 6728, teaching is done via intuition, meaning self-teaching, or working with the archetypes with proper seeking or mind configuration the power of will uses spirit as a shuttle uh, to contact the archetypes for teach learning of oneself or another um, and Ra is saying that's not the way this is work we're, we're not working that way Ra said that um, in working with the mind we're working within one complex and so working with the archetypes particularly learning about them for ourselves and then finding our own um, resonance, finding our personal resonance with different aspects of each archetype um, which again is not my thing meaning I just ha didn't didn't use this as a teaching tool but um, it's, it's Tibetan Buddhism is involved very much in deity visualization and initiations of multiple deities in tantric tradition very similar to this work with the archetypes, I believe. Uh, but Ra is saying this is not a. We're not talking here about working with spirit shuttle. In working with the mind, we're working within one complex. We've not yet attempted to penetrate intelligent infinity. That's what the spirit shuttle is all about, which is really bridging six to seven, six chakra to seven. Ra said, "Yes, indeed, archetypes are portions of the one infinite creator." Don had said, "One infinite creation." Uh, one infinite creator is the creation of course that's uh, that's another way of looking at it but yes of course these are portions of the one infinite creator they're portions of the logos or aspects of how the logos um, established um, the the fundamental nodes of, of evolution of mind body spirit complex in this octave particularly in third density the, I don't believe that archetypal work is done in higher densities, but we'll get to that later. And Ross said, it's far better to realize that these archetypes, which could be called aspects of the face of the creator, okay, they're constant in the sense of uh, the generative energy complexes they offer. Just like uh, astrological signs, actually, like a planet, like Mars, and a sign, like Aries. Um, they offer a constant complex of energy or generate energy of a certain frequency or a certain complex that's not just one thing, right? There are many qualities. It's a complex frequency energy field 
uh, offered by each archetype, and I would say offered by the influence of planets and stars, uh, planets and stars and uh, constellations and houses of the zodiac in astrology. Yet, uh, despite, you know, um, um, working upon that constant offering or transmission of an energy, a complex energy field, we don't find the same yield of the complexes to any two seekers. Nechinanda said, um, the, the ocean is infinite, it's only, the, the ocean is infinite and, um, and boundless, it's only the uh, size of the container that the seeker brings to the ocean that is limited and variable, something like that. So, intelligent infinity is infinite, <laughs> and in, in, intelligent energy is uh, kind of infinite too. And the realm of knowing is pretty, pretty great or boundless, more or less. Uh, it's the individual that, by their limitations and their unique characteristics, which are limitations, um, that determines what will be taken from it. Likewise with the archetypes, likewise with the, uh, with the astrological configurations. The individual takes what they can based on what they have become and the quality of their seeking. And so Ra said they don't give the same yield to any two seekers and that's really the point is that you've got to work with the archetypes by yourself in your own way to find your own sense of meaning. If it's like Ra gives the example of the fool card or archetype um, uh, in the Elab, you know, in in the proving or the demonstration of the principle that each seeker experiences each archetype and the characteristics they experience the totality of the complex of characteristics in their own personal way. So they experience each archetype in the characteristics within the complex of the archetype, which are most important to that seeker, which are resonant. So what I take from this teaching and what you take from this teaching will be different. What I see in this archetype and what you see in the archetype will be different and uh, we shouldn't be so critical of each other okay so uh, let me see what you see and see if it's resonant for me and let me see what this teacher has to say or this teaching or this view and see if it's relevant to me and if it is I'll use it and if it's not I won't in with the example of the fool card Don was, uh, Ra was really saying that when Don described the characteristics of that archetype fool, describing it in such and such a way, he actually uh, didn't see or didn't consider the aspect of faith, walking into space without regard for what is to come next, as the card depicts. Ra said, this is foolish, but card of the characteristic of the spiritual neophyte, it's actually required all the way up to higher self in fact um, believe it or not as far as I know because um, in in the required surrender to what is uh, one continually um, enters new uh, ground one continually expands beyond the known to the unknown one continually must surrender to what is being beyond what's currently known and that requires faith, and that is very much like walking um, uh, 
into space without regard for what is to come next. And so I wouldn't call it foolish unless we mean it's associated with a fool <laughs> and not stupid. It isn't stupid, it's necessary. Uh, faith is necessary. Um, trusting your breath, trusting your practice, trusting um, that, that um, truth will continue to be revealed, trusting whatever. I'm not even saying trusting a, tre a teacher. You can do that, but be careful. Some teachers say that you should trust the teacher and they're scoundrels. So what's really necessary, though, is to trust what is and to trust... Um, to trust um, that the kingdom of heaven is within. <laughs> and um, if you really have a, a useful, an adequate view by teaching, teaching you receive called view, right view, and technique, right concentration and mindfulness and all that, uh, in Buddhism, and there are other traditions, of course. Um, so theory and practice then um, one can uh, put oneself into the stream in which the kingdom of heaven within is fully revealed and entered. But that is very much associated with faith and walking into space or going forward and surrendering to what is uh, without regard to what is to come next. It's really not even without regard for what's to come next. It's without um, without um, the uh, uh, without getting stuck in fear and uh, and and ceasing to turn away from the surrender, <laughs> you know, walking into space or continuing the surrender to what is, which is the kingdom of heaven within. Actually, I would say, um, um, realizing the unknowability involved in that process, Re realizing the impossibility of knowing what is to come next. It's impossible to know what you, have, what you don't know. <laughs> what you currently don't know, you really don't know. It may be within the kingdom of heaven, within, but it's not yet um, accessed by conscious mind. Conscious mind is not made, made one. The uh, magician and the high priestess are not in full union. Um, but this is a very critical matter, and so Ra calls it the characteristic of the spiritual neophyte. I would say that it, uh, it it's necessary all the way up to Atman. Anyway, but uh, Don didn't see that aspect of faith. And um, deeply, Ra's saying uh, it's useful to ponder for Don, in this case, why it was, how it was that he didn't see the aspect of faith associated with the archetype of the fool. He had said very brilliantly, I think, that the fool is akin to the prodigal son. Maybe they're not, but it seems pretty brilliant to me to associate them. Corresponding, he wrote to every entity that seems to have strayed from unity and seeks to return to the one infinite creator. Well, that seems right. Um, but there's more. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, this apparent straying of the prodigal son um, may actually is really different in certain ways than the fool walking into space. And so uh, there is some there there is a link between the fool archetype and prodigal son archetype, if there is such a thing. 
meaning the uh, apparent folly and essential uh, glory <laughs> of our um, uh, sense of self or our the, defi- the how we define our life experience a certain kind of foolish um, mistaken identity we live with uh, while there's essential unity um, unrecognized perhaps that that shows a link between prodigal son and fool but there's also a difference in that the fool as Ross said is very much about faith or a, a critical aspect is faith and that really I think is um, necessary but it must be informed with um, knowledge you know knowledge is the basis of faith and faith is the basis of um, uh, necess- certain aspects of necessary surrender or the, the performance of um, spiritual balanced wise surrender that's I think absolutely necessary all, all along the path actually anyway dot 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 uh, Don uh, Ra Ra basically indicates that this is it and uh, you can ask further if you'd like next working finally concluding exchange 6731 Don says only if there is anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact Ra gives the final benediction I am Ra continue my friends in the strength of harmony love and light all is well the alignments are appreciated for their careful placement. I am Ra. I leave you now, my friends, in the glory of the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. And uh, this is quite a quite a heavy session. Closes session 67. Next time, we go to session 68. Section 60, session 68 um, gives us uh, a lot of material that was taken into book 5 um, about um, the work, you know, the, the Carla's condition and the dynamics of maintaining the raw contact. Um, much more goes on with psychic greeting psychic attack and and law of confusion again law of free will in that rock can't answer all the questions so we see a lot in fact the whole session is on psychic greeting so negative entities can use this as an opportunity to launch further psychic attacks um, for their <laughs> continued uh, glorying in their polarization uh, but it is it is necessary or it is valuable um, to give long consideration to dynamics of attack uh, because negatives are much more active in the world of uh, space-time, 3D space-time Earth today. And everybody who's doing good work is, is attacked more. I mean, they hate love, they hate wellness, they hate beauty, they hate solidarity, they hate unity, they hate higher benevolent power, that's the way they are. Um, because they're unwell, they um, 
you know, seek to make unwell, or um, seek to control to continue their negative polarization, control and domination to take power metaphysically from those who um, anyone on the on the negative path or positive path or neither path to rob like a parasite to take uh, intelligent energy actually metaphysical charge um, from other entities who um, have some development of love light so the more we have love light the more we do become a target but the more one develops love light the more one is living in love and wisdom which means one um, may uh, sincerely wish all beings well may all beings be well and happy but it's very critical to not hurt yourself uh, and what we may find is that living out living or speaking let's just say activity of body speech and mind um, physical activity physical behavior uh, thought and speech that is harmful to other is harmful to self wrong speech harsh speech uh, malicious speech divisive speech um, all forms of so-called wrong speech in Buddhist view that are of harm they're not ahimsa they are himsa they're harmful harm other and self what harms other harms self for us on the positive path and they're attacking us gives us a great opportunity first of all to find what what truth there may be in in the words of their attack so we're talking about verbal attack or online attack uh, is there truth in what they say if there is I want to know it and I want to admit it to myself and seek to correct myself but there may not be truth in, in what they say or there'll be partial truth or there'll be twisted misrepresented truth or elements of truth exaggerated so they may uh, you know uh, simply poison the pure water or there may be some impediments in the water and they're pointing to some failing you may have or I may have uh, and then they're exaggerating and misrepresenting and distorting further and drawing false, you know, unnecessary or uh, uh, un unjustified uh, consequences or um, uh, derivatives from a distorted minor truth. <laughs> Something like, oh, if he thinks this way, then he must have a no compassion or he must um, have no discernment. Oh, we should just throw away the whole thing, right? So it's very ludicrous really <laughs> it's like uh, this person uh, tripped on on a rock therefore he doesn't know how to walk therefore we shouldn't look at him because maybe we're gonna fall down or we shouldn't listen to anything this person says because there's one fault now maybe uh, it's a moment of this or that so um, <laughs> it, it, the, the attitude um, in receiving attack how we receive attack and just like what Ra was recommending to Don um, seeing the irony of not being able to receive what's being offered and not having accepted what they're offering 
this is interdimensional. But it's the case here, too. Uh, the irony in the situation, the humor in the situation, but also understanding, you know, uh, haters will hate, and some are paid for that. Paid liars and haters. Paid dissenters, or those who are paid to create division. Um, or that's just their path. They're just on the way of um, seeking to rob um, light from those who've uh, developed a greater uh, capacity of light. So attitude is very important too. Anyway, next session, um, Ra explains this very much more deeply in terms of um, free will and magical polarization and the energy metaphysics of psychic attack, uh, particularly interdimensional. So we'll see more. And um, I wish them well. I wish you all you attackers. <laughs> I do really wish you well. Uh, I send you love and light. The angels here. We all send you love and light. Atman here. And the community sends you love and light. May you all be well and happy. So anyway, thank you again. Take good care. See you next time and good night.